MLB's agreement with the players in March where they promised full money, but now they're coming back and saying they'll only give half of it. Man in the Arena, the new documentary about Tom Brady's nine title runs, airing on ESPN in 2021, The Last Dance Ending, Peyton Manning and Tiger Woods versus Tom Brady and Phil Mickelson golf match, and our now weekly NFL Power Rankings. Every week, starting this week, we will do one NFL Division's Power Rankings. This week is the AFC East. Each of us will say our rankings, and then we will discuss. Arv, what do you think? So, for the AFC East, it's obviously the Jets, Dolphins, Bills, and Patriots. So, the team I have coming in fourth place, or last, is the Jets. They have a good team. It's just that Sam Darnold has to stay healthy, and I don't think they have the best draft in the world. Number three, I have the Patriots. Even though Bill Belichick is a great coach, arguably one of the best, and they have full confidence in Jared Stidham, he, he's basically a rookie, and I don't think he'll be, handle, be able to handle the pressure in the spotlight um, filling in the GOAT's position, arguably the GOAT's position. Um, number two, I have the Dolphins. I think they had one of the best drafts, and they fulfilled their need at quarterback. And Tua, I think they'll start him, and I think he'll be a huge factor depending on what play, uh, depending on if they go to the playoffs. And then number one, the Bills. This is I don't think you can argue with this. The Bills had a very, very, very good draft, and they also got Stephon Diggs from the Vikings, and they were they were contending for first place in this division last year with. With Tom Brady and with with Tom Brady in their division and without Tua and without a good quarterback, I mean without um without Stephon Diggs. So if you add that all and me ranking the Patriots third, I think they have to be first. Okay, so what I think is that, like my brother said, Patriots, Bills, Dolphins, Jets. I'm gonna rank. Me and him are in agreement that the Jets are in fourth place. Not that they have a bad team, just Sam Darnold needs to stay healthy. They don't really have a reliable running back because Le'Veon Bell didn't do that good last year, and they don't really have that good with wide receiver cores. So I'm going to rank them number four, but they're a good young team that can rebuild. I'm going to put... I'm going to have to put the Dolphins at three. Probably are going to be close to getting to the playoffs. This is going to be a really good division. Because the Dolphins with Tua, they'll be pretty good. Last year, the Patriots at the end of their at the end of the season, the and Dolphins at the end of their season started really working up and going and starting progressing. And they have a really good running back, really good wide receivers, and now a really good QB. The only thing that might throw this off is if Tua doesn't play like all the scouts are saying that he is, if he's not that healthy. Second, I have to put the Patriots. I know that they have Jared Stidham, but who knows? Maybe he'll be the next Tom Brady. Maybe he'll be the next late draft round pick that'll be actually pretty good. And just even if he's not that good, they could still, they still have the best coach of all time. There's no way you can take that away. Yeah, they might not be first, but they'll at least be in the top two. And the only reason they wouldn't be in the top two is if they're trying to tank for Justin Fields next year or Trevor Lawrence with the new QB. But they show that they have confidence in Jared Stidham in this NFL draft, not even taking one QB. Now the Bills, I think that they'll be the number one in the division. They were, like you said, contending against the Patriots for the playoff spot. Um, And even with the GOAT, they they had a really good draft. 
They got Stephon Diggs, so now they have a really good wide receiver core. Their running backs aren't too bad in Devin Singletary. And their QB, Josh Allen, is a young, athletic QB who can make plays on the field. But my only question for you is, how do you rank, where do you rank the Patriots? Uh, third. How do you rank the Patriots third with the best court coach of all time? Because even with the best coach of all time, the Patriots, at the, in week 16 last year, the Patriots were contending for the number two or number one playoff spot, and they lost to the Dolphins, and the Dolphins took them down without a stable QB because they didn't know Josh Rosen or Ryan Fitzpatrick. They did have Ryan Fitzpatrick at the end of the year. They had him from, like, the past No, I said they didn't know which quarterback. And then, because they kept altering. And then, now they have Tua, and the, the draft they had was... Amazing, as I said, and the Patriots lost uh, Tom Brady, arguably the goat. So how do you how do you expect the Dolphins not to be better than the Patriots? Because everyone has a bad game, even with Tom Brady. Also, Tom Brady didn't have any good, like he didn't have a good offense around him. The Patriots improved that. How do you and even Tom Brady, the goat, he still has to have a bad game every once in a while. That was probably one of his only bad games. He's just a good player. In 2021, ESPN will air Man in the Arena, Tom Brady, talking about Tom Brady's nine Super Bowl runs, nine Super Bowl appearances, and six Super Bowl wins, and his path to success. Arsh, what do you think about this? And do you think there is any similarity from between the last dance and this? And do you think there's a correlation with, between Tom Brady's official trailer coming out right after the last dance ends? Yeah, I think that that kind of wasn't a coincidence. I think that they wanted more viewers. And the only connection I see is that they're both very hardworking players and they're both arguably the goats of their sports. Tom Brady's nine runs from being a combine average player or you could say... Below average. Yeah, below average. 199th overall to going to being... One of the all-time players, if not the all-time player. So all I know is about his worth ethic and everything like that is that he he said in his interview um, that he though since he doesn't have traits that he can work on like when he was coming out of college where he couldn't do anything like get stronger or more accurate or like stuff like that. He had to work on other stuff that most QBs don't do, like mental traits, um, like getting emotionally stronger. And that, I think, really helped him. If other QBs followed that approach, then they would be better. Whenever, whenever, whenever some, a QB or someone thinks of practice, they think of physical practice. But they never really do mental practice, which might be one of the reasons that he's built, been able to hang into this league for 20-plus years and still be a very, very valuable asset. Yep, that's right. So, Man in the Arena, I think this will be very interesting, as we say with most documentaries, but this one is featuring a player now, like Alex Smith's injury, that happened a while ago. And you could say the nine Super Bowl appearance for Tom Brady happened a while ago, but he's he's still a current player. Alex Smith is on his path to recovery. He doesn't actually play the sport yet. And Michael Jordan was a lot, was, two, his last game was 2001, I think, with the Wizards. So getting a current athlete into a documentary is really important. And I think that's going to be really interesting to see. But also, 
get this happening right after um the last dance ending i think like i said this is to increase viewers and this is to get people hooked in and put a date on their calendars even if there is no set one yet yeah and i feel that this could be even better than the nba because most people the most the most fans like football better than nba and i feel that this could be this could have such intense mixed with like you can actually relate to it. That was a pretty long time ago. All these Gen Z kids and millenniums can't really relate that well. But the when you think about Tom Brady, Tom Brady was is and was one of the greats of all time, and could probably be. He could probably be. Um, uh, like uh, this could probably be a really really successful. Dynamic. Yeah, and I was gonna say this can appeal to the younger generation a lot, like even more than the Michael Jordan documentary because they've seen Tom Brady play and he's still playing. And this is detailing. I don't know if this will detail his his uh, absence in um, to the Patriots, but I know this will detail him being on the Patriots. And he, now that he's on a new team, it'll be inter- especially for the people in the Bucks. It'll be interesting to see how he acted when he was on the Patriots and in the Patriots yeah, locker room. Yeah, and, and probably what I think is that at the end, it's going to probably, and in the movie, it's probably going to actually have, like, the tension between Bill Belichick and Tom Brady, and at the end, what really forced him to leave to the Bucks. Yeah, and another similarity to The Last Dance, I just want to add before we end, is... Um, Tom Brady, this documentary is nine nine episodes, and The Last Dance is ten. So they're pretty close in episode length. I don't know episode length, but in episodes. And I think they will detail about the same thing. Speaking of the man in the arena, and also documentaries, as we were talking about last time, the last dance finale came out on Sunday. Arv, what do you think about this documentary? And do you hope that the man in the... Yeah, do you hope that will be as much better or worse than the Last Dance finale and episodes? Well, I just want to first off focus on the Last Dance. I think the Last Dance was everything we said it would be and more, and everything people expected and more. This really excelled, and after the after the Last Dance came out, seventy four percent of all people, all NBA fans, I think, that took a. a Cole said that Michael Jordan was a GOAT. So that's over 50% right there. And to have over 50%, you have to have the younger generation. And they had the younger generation, and I think the last dance helped with that. Um, so what was the second question? Um, how do you think that the man in the arena will be better, worse, or what do you hope it to be? Oh, so I hope the man in the arena to be about the same. I don't know if they can make it any better because the last dance had, was so good. But the man in the arena, I think... As, as, as we said earlier, it'll be interesting to see, but it will. I hope it's the same, same intensity, same length, same locker room stuff and back behind the scenes. But I, they didn't hire. I don't. I, if I, I don't know of them. Hi, the Patriots hiring a camera crew, so it'll yeah, be interesting. Nine times. Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see how they do that, and it will be from the out, outside perspective if they don't have a camera crew. Yeah, and also the way that they'll have, they would have have to f- film it because no one knew that Tom Brady would be a stud back then. So how they film his first run? I guess after he started having some success, they filmed maybe his playoff run. But the way this comes out, I I think there's a way they could do it better. Well, not could do it better, but the response might be better because 
this might help with um the top like for the athlete of the decade, if you remember, LeBron James was chosen over um Tom Brady and a lot of people said it's Tom Brady. This documentary might show how Tom Brady was the GOAT, maybe in all sports. Um, but the reason is that Tom Brady wasn't especially strong. He wasn't especially accurate. He really focused on getting better as a player, but not only physically, mentally, and emotionally, as you heard last time when we were talking about this actual documentary. Um, so I just hope that it will be good, maybe even better than this documentary, and I hope that I hope that this will be good. I just hope that it will be Yeah, and I think it will be interesting. Yeah, I think it will be interesting to see how they do a perspective from when he wasn't that good and when he was coming out of college. When you're trying to film this, when he already won six Super Bowls, how will you show that he was a struggling athlete if he already won six Super Bowls? That's going to be really hard to show and uh, show on screen. Yeah, if they do this good, they're going to be well known as good, like making this a really good documentary. And also, um, I pretty, he has college clips because I think every, I think that he has some college clips. I think I've watched them before, and they're going to show how. He wasn't the greatest in college. He never really was the greatest. He just, his, even in the NFL, I can name a bunch of better throwers than him, him, a bunch of more accurate throwers. The thing that really set him apart, though, was how he, his decision-making. That decision-making really helped him go on these nine title runs and win six of them. <laughs> On Sunday, a golf match for charity will take place. Peyton Manning and Tiger Woods versus Tom Brady and Phil Mickelson, who are favorites. This, all the money that is raised, will go to COVID-19 relief. Arsh, what do you think about this? And do you think that the intensity on Sundays between Peyton Manning and Tom Brady can extend past the golf, past the football field, and into the uh, golf? Yeah, I actually do think it would. The only, I think it will help COVID-19 relief because they'll obviously be saying through the whole thing how you need to stay inside, all that stuff. The only thing that would maybe hurt it a little was if one of them eventually actually got it and then all four of them got it. That would be really bad. I think they'll have socially distancing measures in place though. Yeah, probably. Well, I don't know, maybe. But they're probably going to have to like greet each other and they're probably going to have tests, yeah, but still, somehow, if they were to get it, that would be a game changer and not in the right way. But, yeah, um, what I was saying was, yeah, it probably is going to help COVID-19 relief a lot, especially because the proceeds are going to COVID-19 relief. Um, and I just hope that it's a good match and there's going to be a lot of people tuning in. I just yeah. hope that it's just going to be entertaining for the people that have to stay at home um, and just deal with these issues yeah. and so that they can get their mind off something for at least a little bit. Yeah, and golf fans and NFL fans will tune into this. I know that as a fact because if Tom Brady is the GOAT and he will attract a lot of attention and so will Peyton Manning, but also golf fans will love this too because it's, it's an interesting time and this is one of the only sports matches going on right now so if this is all you have to tune into, I think a bunch of people will listen to this and sports, any sports fans will watch this. And the fact that it's for a fundraiser is incredible because these athletes, as I said, will attract a lot of attention and many people will donate to the good cause. 
and I think I think this is an amazing idea and um and the fact that these these team the teams are so good and the fact that you have an NFL player on each side and two world class golfers on each side is amazing. Yep, and let's just do this right now. I have to do this. There's no way I can keep away from this. Who you got? Peyton Manning and Tiger Woods. Easy. Same. Yeah. I know that Phil Mickelson is favorite is a favorite with Tom Brady, but I have to say, um, I gotta go with well in Peyton's places. Um, the ESPN Plus show. Um, I'm pretty sure Peyton has been golfing and stuff. Not that Tom Brady hasn't, but then you're going with Tiger Woods, who still plays today. I'm gonna have to go with Tiger Woods. And then also another point is that Peyton Manning had is retired already, so he has arguably more time. Tom Brady still plays an NFL in the NFL and at a high level, so I think he'll have to practice more. But golf, I think it's. Oh, uh, well, I think Peyton Manning has more time, so he'll have an upper hand, especially with Tiger Woods. So, the MLB had a dispute a few days ago. The commissioner and the owners had agreed with the players that they would get their full salary in March to be able to play. But now they're going back on their word and saying that they'll only get half. The players are speaking out. Who do you think's right here? The players or the owners and the commissioner? Well, I think... I don't know much about this de- about the detail, but I think if you promise your word, I'm a man of my word, so you would have to stick with your word. And I don't if if you feel like you're not gonna make enough money, then I wouldn't have made put your word to it that you're gonna give everyone the full amount. Because if you give your word, then as I said, I'm a man of my word, so I would do it. But even you don't. These are uncertain times, as what that's what everyone's saying right now. So if you think you're not gonna get something, you shouldn't have made a promise that you give your players full pay. Yeah, um, I'm with you on this. I think this is the owners and commissioners' side. Not, I'm, I'm, I'm not on their side. I'm on the player side. Yeah. Not only because they didn't give their word, which is true, but also because it's not like the commissioner and the owners aren't gonna make millions. They're gonna make millions. They're all billionaires, probably. The players just want their money because they can't provide that well. Based on they've been, they've always had a consistent contract, so maybe they don't have that money left, that much money left, and they need their money. Even though they get millions, which seems a lot to ordinary people, to the owners that's like nothing. Yeah, and to the players, baseball is their only job, and they're putting their body through this. They're the one putting their body through this. So you've got to pay them the full amount. It's in their contract. And I know these aren't certain times, as I said earlier. But if the players are the ones putting their body at risk, the owners are just facilitating this and making money. So the players should get the pay that they deserve. Exactly. And like you said, uncertain times, the owners, the players need their money. The owners probably have billions in the bank where they can just take out some and use it. The Not that the players don't have any fault because they do. They have to, uh, like you said, uncertain times. But the owners have to understand too. So I'm not really taking either side. If I have to take a side, I would take the players a little bit more because the owners, the owners don't have this need. The owners don't need their money to be able to do that. They have endorsements. They have their whole stadium, all their concession prices, the ticket prices, all that stuff. They don't need that much money. And then the reason they have, they were able to buy the team anyway is because they made money from something else. So they're probably okay. The only ones who aren't financially secure, although this is probably sounds silly, 
might be the players. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in to this week's Two Brothers Later Sports Podcast. Listen every Saturday. We release episodes every Saturday. And listen wherever you get your favorite podcast. Thanks. Yeah.